I have to make a few points before we start celebrating Ben's day. Point number one, Jeff's an idiot. Point number two, I'd like to file a complaint with HR. B. Mitch is doing intermittent fasting, and he's not allowed to eat till 11 a.m. So 11 a.m. hits, and my man is starving. <laughs> you know what is incredibly unfair? <laughs> to walk into a prison cell studio, and the best smell in the world of fresh fried chicken is three feet away from me, and I don't have any. And because he's starving, I know he's not going to give me any. So, Jeff, <laughs> you thought I was mad at him for eating fried chicken. No, I'm mad that I have to smell fried chicken, and I don't get any. Now I am freaking starving. Oh, well, he's giving me some. So, complaining <laughs> works out sometimes. <laughs> that is hot. I know you like your food hot, but damn, baby. <laughs> All right. It is Ben's day. That means we have people named Ben on the program on Wednesday. Yeah. To help us celebrate our boy Ben Standig from The Athletic. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Ben Standig or check out Standing Room Only, his podcast. Benny, what up, man? You know, I'm... I've had a couple of good things happen in my life. Being a part of Ben's day, I mean, this is uh, this is way up there. I appreciate the honor. That's up there. Well, you know what? We're glad to have you. Um, I should thank my mother for this. I guess you should. Let's start with the offense coordinator search for yeah. the Commanders. Uh, ben does a great job covering the Commanders for the Athletic. Where are you at? What do you think is going to happen? Who's the leader in the yeah. clubhouse? Bring us up to speed. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's more of like the profile than like definitively the individual. It just feels like, you know, the way it, with where Ron Rivera's position going into his fourth year, as we know, hasn't had a winning record here yet. The ownership uncertainty clouds his future, et cetera. I just don't see him hiring an offensive coordinator that's going to need some training wheels. And even if somebody may be a real visionary, he needs somebody that can come in immediately and get the job done. And based on the five names that we've, we, we have who've, who've interviewed, that would either be Pat Shermer or Ken Zampezi. Uh, you know, Shermer's had success as an OC in various spots. Uh, but Zampezi was an OC with the Bengals. Didn't exactly. That was a disaster. Work. Yeah, that didn't work <laughs> out great. But, you know, he obviously is here, and there would be a pretty you know seamless transition, you would think, to, to doing that. So, to me, it's those two. The other three names. Again, maybe they're interesting candidates that get hired, but for where this team is right now and with Ron Rivera's sort of uh, vibe we always get from him, I just don't see him going down the inexperienced route at this point. So I I think and have thought all along that, that Shermer is most likely to get the job. Do you agree with me? Um, I, I Probably yes, because I just don't – I mean, look – I'm not trying to knock Zampezi, but it just feels like that wouldn't be that inspiring of a move to say you got you know something wasn't right on offense and then just stay with somebody in the building. Granted, I'm somebody who used to cover the Wizards, and when they fired Ernie Grunfeld, they decided after a long search to hire the guy who's been in the building for 15 years. So uh, I'm used to the <laughs> I'm used to it if it's that kind of move. But yeah, I, to me, Shermer would make the most sense. Now I, I don't necessarily know that he's. I, the ideal hire. So How exciting would people, that be? Right, exactly. I mean, I've had some people tell me he's, you know, maybe a bit old school and not in the cool way. Um, you know, but look, he has had some success. Rivera knows him from their time together with the Eagles under Andy Reid. And, uh, you know, you, you, you could sell it to an extent, but I don't think it would be a sexy hire. But honestly, I don't know. It's going to go down sort of the 
the retread route, and I just don't see how anybody who has options is considering Washington. It's just not going to be a sexy name, I would imagine, regardless. You know, I think when you look at it, though, Ron is in a, in a, in a position right now where the, the the guy that has inexperience and the guy that has experience and hasn't been very good at it, it's the same thing in my eyes. You're you're talking about with with uh, Del Rio. I'm, I'm talking about with uh, with a uh, uh, a Shermer, a Zampezi, or somebody that's never called plays yet. They, it's basically the same. Where where has they where did Zampezi or Shermer have so much success to where Shermer has be- had some success? I mean that Vikings team, the Case Keenum year was was Shermer calling plays and they were good. They had a really good offense. So I'm not saying of his body of work one year there's don't mean less anything success. To me. Right. What I'm saying, so we got, we, some. we have a head coach who has three years of success, and we still are not too sold on that. So my whole thing is, a lot of times we get caught up in the well. This guy has experience, man. That may be the problem. You know, you may want to go with somebody that thinks a little different or just a little bit off to try and shake something up. Because let's be real, if they're not above and beyond great, you don't think you you see this uh, coaching staff back, do you? When, when if they change over uh, ownership, yeah, no, no, this is this is the conundrum that that they face, and this is also something that incoming candidates are going to be worried about, also, which is why you're probably not going to attract the best and the brightest, uh, you know, the best options out there. Um, but you know, look, it, it, it's hard to argue with what you're saying in terms of Schirmer has had some success. You know, he he was there for the Eagles uh, when you know Donovan some good years for Donovan McNabb. He helps. Uh, you know, Nick Foles develop uh, early on in his career, and, and, and JP mentioned the Case Keenan part. And there's been some other components as well. He's been hired twice as a head coach based on the success he had um, as an OC. But look, what, what is the what is the entire mo of Ron Rivera's hires? Typically, it's somebody that he knows to a degree and that you know has some experience. Scott Turner was almost the rare guy who didn't have a ton, and yet even that. He knew Scott because of the Carolina days uh, and so on. So if it was just if, – if we if everything else was equal and we weren't thinking about the future, yeah, I, I think some of these other names, uh, Thomas Brown in particular with the Rams, I think from the Rams would be a really interesting hire. But I, I just don't see Rivera taking that risk of the unknown. He's more of that CEO-type head coach, and he wants that OC, I would think, to be able to run that whole situation – and you know you just don't know as much if that if that new guy is going to be able to do that. Yeah, I well, I also think, and I don't want to speak for you. We're talking with our friend Ben Standing, covers the Commanders for the Athletic. Um, there's what you think will happen versus what you think should happen, and, and I think, at least for me, I think what will happen is Shermer. Uh, I think I'm not sure what I think should happen. I'd be really, really curious about Thomas Brown. It's a name I've, I've thrown out there for a while, um, but I wonder. If I was him, and I'm a young guy with my future ahead of me, and you look at this situation where you got some good wide receivers, got some pretty good backs, you got to rebuild an offensive line, you got no idea what you got at quarterback. I feel like for a young play caller, if you come in here, this offense hasn't finished higher than, I believe, 20th in yards gained in the last five years. And you come in here, and this team goes 6-11, and 11, it's a rebuild. Does that eliminate you from getting another job down the road? Oh yeah, I, I would imagine that Thomas. 
I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I think anybody who thinks that they have options, that they eventually become an offensive coordinator, they're tracking that way, they have those aspirations, I would not want to risk it here. I mean, not only yeah. is there the uncertainty with Ron Rivera's staff because of the ownership deal, you know, as much as we may find Sam Howell interesting, we're talking about a fifth-round pick with one career start. You know, you're going to hit your wagon to that as well. Uh, you know, right now, I, I just don't think that's uh, a move that a lot of people would make. So, and look, you know, we all keep talking about Dan Snyder selling. Until it happens, you know, who who can say right. what's going to happen? So, um, yeah, no, I think that's what I'm saying. I think anybody with options is going, or, or you know, whether it's this year or the, or going forward, is probably going to to say I'm good, but I appreciate the offer. But that's where someone like Shermer, you know, is more in line of okay, he's done this job, but I don't know what his other options are. In fact, I'm not sure he's being interviewed. I'm not sure if he's been interviewed for any other positions yet. Thomas Brown's been interviewed for several positions. Um, well, so, and, and yeah. I just think when a guy is uh, a head coach and then all of a sudden now when you start seeing people talk about doing things and if he's not getting a lot of uh, calls from everywhere else, that tells me everything I need to know. Sure. I mean, look, I would, I would go back to this, right? Go back to the Ron Rivera hire itself. Um, I doubt any other team in the league would have said, Ron would like you to be the head coach, but also essentially the general manager. But that's something that Dan Snyder probably needed to give Ron Rivera to get him to come here because of all the shenanigans that go on. And this is the, this has been the issue now going on for many years here is can you always get exactly, can you go to the top of any of these lists and get who you want? The answer is basically no, for the most part, because uh-huh of all these other factors. So it's no different in this case. I'm again, I'm, you know, Pat Shermer and, you know, ZPZ, they obviously, you know, they, they know way more about football than, than, than I do and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, they, they wouldn't be the most inspiring of hires, but they also may be the best that they can do right now. Um, do you think there will be more names, more interviews to come and, and touch specifically on Eric Bieniemy for me? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would imagine that's that, that would be the case. You know, I, the Senior Bowl is next week. In my head, I kept thinking it would be good to get the, uh, this hire done before that, so you have that person there to help, you know, scout the players, but also how you have a better feel for what type, what the offense is going to look like. So these players have there's more context with that. Um, but at the same time, I, I would think there are probably going to be some more names. Obviously, there's four teams left in the playoffs. Perhaps there's somebody in that group that they're looking at, but in terms, and that would include the enemy. Um, look, obviously we've talked a lot about the enemy over the last few years as to why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. A lot of factors uh, surely go into that, but one of them has got to be the play calling aspect. And the, what I kept wondering is, you know, whether he does a little or a lot, Andy Reid dominates that situation. I, I think if he were to come here hypothetically and given give that given the play calling duties, if he has some success, that would help him, you would think, going forward. And since we know Ron Rivera, you know, really, you know, covets Andy Reid's uh opinion and, and, and so on, I, I, I could imagine a world where that is interesting, but you know, look, if you're a enemy, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what his <laughs> what his hopes and dreams are. Do you, and again, do you want to come here? Maybe it is worth it for him to call, to get the play calling if he's not getting that chance somewhere else. But that would be the you know going from can you know from the from the 
penthouse to I don't want to say the outhouse, but you know the penthouse to what's going, whatever's going on here. I mean that's a, that's obviously a tougher call. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the enemy stuff. I'm guessing you've heard some similar stuff that I've heard. Like there are some real people that I've heard. Like ah, you know I can see Ron calling Andy about enemy and Bienemy's contract is up, so it's not like they have to request permission or anything. Um, but kind of to your earlier point, if he wants somebody that has that experience, it's unclear what level of experience Bienemy has as the primary play caller. Andy has talked at length about how much he does and how much he values him and all these things, but he also hired Matt Nagy back, and some will say the reason he only got a one-year contract is because he wants Nagy to be OC again. So we'll have to see that unfold. Um, the, the other part of it is we could talk about experience as a play caller or not, but, like, if Daryl Bevel was the guy that they had kind of zeroed in as the favorite, I could be cool with that experience because there's a track record of success, particularly running the football. And you could argue how much involvement he had, but, like, they, Bevel was a part of the offense that Russ Wilson went from, you know, unheralded rookie to MVP candidate, and he was part of that. I just think the, the guys they have with experience, the experience isn't very good. So I'd rather roll with somebody new. Um Unclear what they're going to do. Uh, talking with Ben Standing from The Athletic. Covers the Commanders. Does a great job. Um, you wrote an article, and forgive me if this was last week, I think, um, about the repeated use of the word budget by Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew uh, during their season-ending press conference. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of what your takeaways were from that, which, you know, I, I was sitting there in that presser. I, I noticed it too. It, it was, it seemed like it was certainly a, a message there. Yeah. I mean, you know, for all the criticisms there have been of Dan Snyder over the years, historically spending money has not really been one of them. I, I know they have, they're far removed from the days of just throwing, you know, throwing money at, at a lot of uh, older veterans, but you know, they still do it here and there, you know, you're, you know, Giving car, you know, taking on Carson Wentz and Alex Smith and and Josh Norman or whatever, but I've never heard the the use of the word budget uh, before. Now, salary cap is one thing because that's a real parameter that everybody has to deal with, but budget is talking about actual cash flow. And mm-hmm. when you look at situations like Deron Payne, for example, if he signs a multi year co- extension with guaranteed money, that guaranteed money got to go into an escrow account, all of it, basically. Uh, so th- that's a big outlay. And part of the reason why I, I think Dan Sider is looking to to exploring the sale, at least, is, you know, he took out loans uh, to buy out his partners. And, you know, there is some sense of, hey, I mean, he may need to you know move on here, you know, because he doesn't have the, the, the cash flow, per se. Again, cash flow is relative. We're not talking about you know, me in college can't afford pizza. I mean, but like, if you're talking about this kind of, this kind of money, you know, that, that, that becomes an interesting thing. And, you know, you look at the quarterback deal, right? Sam Howell. Well, the biggest asset to me with Sam Howell is he doesn't cost any money. Right. If you want to go out and get a Derek Carr, that's going to cost you, you know, 20, $30 million annually, what have you. So I, I think the, that the use of the term budget by both of them to me really stood out as we p- ponder what this group uh, does going forward. Not saying they couldn't keep Deron Payne, but I, you know they're not just, going to. Do you think they're going to? I don't think they will. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I've been you know talking about this for for a long time. I mean, I would say no. I mean, independent of uh, 
what Deron Payne did did this year. Like teams just don't typically pay two defensive tackles that kind of money. They've already obviously paid John Allen, and then you have the Montez Sweat, Chase Young extensions looming over the next couple of years. They tried to trade him at the draft and before cut day too. Right. Plus they drafted Darian Mathis in the right. second round. So yeah, you put all that together and you know, you would think like they would on some level it would make more sense as good as Payne was to use some of that money towards getting a right tackle and a center and a guard or whatever, or not to mention, you know, maybe keep Cole Holcomb out of cornerback. So yeah, I, I, I would probably say no. I think that the defensive tackle market's going to explode this year. I think this could, it, that position could be like the wide receiver was last year. Hmm. So I, I would I would say no, but you know again we'll we'll see how much money um, that you know they can then spend uh, of that elsewhere. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The other part of that, I think, when you talk about budget, and I've heard this, I've never seen the actual contract. The big thing about budget that people need to understand, and we've talked about this on the radio before, is any guaranteed money in a contract has to go into escrow. So if you're going to sign one of these quarterbacks, like the 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 discussions around Lamar and Rodgers coming to this team are just mind-boggling to me because it's not going to happen because you got to put. I don't see that happening. At dude, all. I mean, Lamar wants two hundred fifty million guaranteed, whatever the number is, two hundred million guaranteed. Dan would have to cut a check. That's not going to happen. And Rodgers would be something similar, maybe not as much because it wouldn't be as many years. Even Carr, you got to figure Carr's going to get a hundred mil guaranteed on whatever new deal comes. Um, that money has to go into a bank account. Like, that that's just not going to happen right now. And, and, Ben, I'm curious if you've heard this, too. Again, I haven't seen the actual contract. But I believe I heard that McLaurin's deal, a lot of the guarantee was actually pushed off until this year. Like, like when the guaranteed money is due. And it maybe was done as a roster bonus instead of a signing bonus so that they didn't have to put all that money away. Have you heard anything like that? Um, I need my second cup of coffee to, to, to access that part of my brain. Yeah, today. Uh, but, but I would say that like, you know, in his case, he, you know, he had a deal that was through this year. Right. And that's true. It was an extension. extension. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it, it could have just been the, you know, the extension was kicking in the, at least he knew it was guaranteed and, and that type of deal. Um, but yeah, no, the, the escrow thing is, is, is a, is a big deal. And, and look, even if Dan Snyder were, to, to sell like I you know I, we don't know what that time frame is is it going to happen in March is it going to happen this summer I, you know the, uh, you know so you still have to add, put that money away one way or the other even if he you know gets it back from a sale yeah I just pulled up Terry's deal so you know 22 he was still on his rookie deal this year he has a base salary at two million cap number of 11 million. It is 24, the base salary jumps to 15, 25 jumps to 15. Um, he, there's 53 million in guaranteed money, 34 of it is guaranteed at signing. So they did kind of backload that thing, which isn't that unusual, but like he's there's this is the only thing that's a little tricky. If he's on the roster on the third day of this league year, which obviously he's going to be, then he gets twelve million in guarantees next year. Like they 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 did push that out a little, which is just kind of interesting. Especially, they probably had an idea of what. Think about it. The BOA securities announcement came in November. 
when they got the Terry deal done was in July, they might have had an idea of where they were going. What was going on? Yeah, I mean, also, like, one of the advantages, right, of signing a longer-term deal as opposed to saying they use, like, the franchise tag on, on if they'd use it on Terry or on Duran, like, all that, you, you know, like Duran's case would be $19 million basically all next year. That's a big cap number, right? But if you have a multi-year deal, you can spread that out a bit and, and massage it. So if in a given year you already see we have big expenses coming, we can – you know, make his number smaller there or bigger in other years where we don't have as much. And that's probably to some degree what they were, what they were doing here uh, with Terry, you know, taking on Carson last year, you know, they obviously, that that was a huge uh, cap number at 28.3 million. So they they weren't going to be able to, you know, tack on too much more last year. So, you know, part of it is cap manipulation as well, but yeah, it's, it's all, it's all a factor for sure. Um, last one is, is is Howell QB one or just one QB? Make it quick. <laughs> I think it's just one QB. I think they've got, I don't know who they're going to get, but like somebody else is coming in here, and I'm not convinced Ron Rivera is going to go into a huge year on with Sam Howell making uh, with one career start. But he's interesting. I, I'm I'm willing to see what happens, but I can't believe they're not, they're going to just say he's the guy. We're good. I'm intrigued. I'm impressed. I'm encouraged. He will see. But he ain't QB one. Benny, thank you for the time, man. I appreciate you. Yep, see you guys. Thank All you. Right. That's our guy, Ben Standing, pride of BCC High School. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Ben Standing. Talking about pride, talking about service, got to check out our people over at Orsman Automotive of Virginia. Orsman's been doing business in this area for over 100 years. You don't stay in business for over 100 years unless you're doing it right. They've got convenient locations all over Northern Virginia, from Alexandria to Chantilly, and they've got everything you're looking for, Toyotas, Kias, Fords, Lincolns, Jeep, Dodge, Rams, those big old Ram trucks that are dope. Mm -hmm. They've got great deals, great selection, great financing, which is important now more than ever, and exceptional service, and it's all backed up by their exclusive Oarsman Lifetime Edge. And with that Lifetime Edge, you get up to $1,500 in bonus extras, including uh, complimentary car washes with every scheduled maintenance. You get loaner cars with every major maintenance, and you get Oarsman's Lifetime Engine Guarantee. Listen, you can bring any car into Oarsman Virginia stores, and they will buy regardless of the make, the model, or the year. Listen, as I said over these over these airways the last few weeks, I've sent over six, seven guys to let's say people, guys and ladies over to Oarsman Chantilly Kia, and they've all been taken care of. And as they said, listen, man, they went in. They, man, these guys treat me special. One of my buddies, eight to the nines, told me straight up. He said, "Bro, they really took care of me, made me feel special." If you want to go out there right now and buy a car, and you want to be treated the proper way, you go to any Oarsman store in the Virginia area. Orsman will pay you up to $125 of the Kelly Blue Book value for your pre-owned vehicles. And as they like to say at Orsman Virginia stores, let's ride together. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. I want to do some, uh, the NFL has announced a bunch of awards that they will give out at NFL Honors, which is Thursday night of Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start with, some, not, not exactly, some news. Um, Ron Rivera has been named one of the finalists for the NFL Salute to Service Award, which is is very cool. Um, it's the USAA Salute to Service Award. It's Ron Rivera, George Kittle, and Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst. Two tight ends and a linebacker nominated for the 12th annual Salute to Service Award presented by USAA. Um, you know, anybody that 
watches the commanders, is familiar with with what's going on here. You know of Ron's commitment to kind of help him with the military. Um, and and I think that's cool. And that award will go out Thursday night, Super Bowl week. So I would imagine Ron will be there. I would imagine Ron will probably work some Radio Row stuff for Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very cool. Hopefully he wins and it, it's an important award for him. Um, I almost I wonder if he's won that before. Jeffrey Lanville, see if you can look that up. If he's if he's won that USAA Salute to Service Award previously, he does a lot of stuff with the military, so yeah. you can expect probably so. Um, now the NFL also announced their Coach of the Year finalists. Uh, I want to go around the room, and you guys tell me there are five people nominated. Tell me who you think got nominated. Brian, you start. I'll go with Dayball. With the Giants. Hold on. So you get one. You go Dayball. That is correct. Ding. Landfill, who you got? Now, to be clear, this is the NFL's coach of the year. There's also, like, the Associated Press does it. PFWA does it. So a lot of people do it. This is the official NFL coach of the year award. Doug Peterson. Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars. Correct. <clears throat> Jeffrey? They hit my two prime ones. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, what's the coach of the Jets? Robert Sala? Yeah. And you smoking. Uh, I'll go with Sirianni. Nick Sirianni on the list. Now, there, there's some controversy. Landfill, maybe you can get to the bottom of it. There's some other list that Sirianni isn't a finalist or something, and people in Philly are mad about. But what I'm looking at, this is in Yahoo Sports, is the Coach of the Year finalists. And this is from this morning at 9.20 a.m. Mm-hmm. And there's five finalists. So far, B. Mitch is two for two. Landfill's one for one. Jeff Walker, 0 and one. Old Owen Walker. That's to be expected. We've named Brian Dable, New York Giants, deserving of the, the award. Uh, Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars, deserving of the award. Nick Sirianni, Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing this weekend. They're the one seed, I'd say, deserving of the award. Landfill, who you got? Uh, I got a guy who I'm not sure that he's going to be on there, but he 100% should be, and it's Mike Tomlin. I want to hear your rationale, but first I got to tell you, eh, incorrect. Uh, Steelers (laughs) suck, and they played Mitchell Trubisky and Cody's ex-girlfriend's boyfriend at quarterback, and he managed to get them to a winning season. Mike Tomlin is a certified badass, and, and... the, the people that want to knock him are, are idiots. What that dude does, like, hey, t- stop me if you've heard this before. Steelers have a slow start. Everybody's like, oh, is this Tomlin's time to go? All of a sudden, they finish 10-7, and seven and they're on the wild card he team. He finds a way. I feel like with Mike Tomlin and probably Bill Belichick, too, they should just be, like, permanently ineligible for the award, like, because they'd win every year otherwise. It should arguably be named after one of them. Dude, or maybe it, both. It's like when Charles Barkley got his MVP award. It's because people just got tired of giving it to MJ. Uh, you're not correct, but it was a very valid <clears throat> point. Um, now let's go to Jeff. Listen, Jeff's on his phone. He may have been looking this up, but if I know Jeff, he's probably looking at Instagram reels of uh, Big Booty Host. What do you got, up. Jeff? He's looking it up. <laughs> I wasn't looking it up. That was some music business. But um, Cal Shanahan. You got one. Good for you. Um I think 
I think Kyle deserves it because they got hot late with a third string quarterback. Yeah. And I, whether it's Kyle or John Lynch, like they're in it relatively together. They but they put, started off looking like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a bad year. The Trey Lance looked bad early. Yeah. They put it on the table, made the trade for McCaffrey. Um, that defense is exceptional. All right. One left, Brian Mitchell. Uh, I got two people. Well, you only get to say one. I go with Zach Taylor. Eh, incorrect. Explain, though. I I think Zach, Zach Taylor. Landfill hates him. But th- that dude, Bengals team is good, That man. team, they play great defense. They have a great offense. They, the offensive line always is in shambles. What impressed you most? Because we were texting about this. They're winning Buffalo. Because, I mean, you, they, they are short three offensive linemen. And you have a team that's known by their defense that can't get to the quarterback. They went down there and they were they were they out coached and outplayed the Buffalo Bills. And I think a coach, when you're sitting there and you have a superstar quarterback that has three of his people gone, you have to figure out a way. And they came out to play on all aspects of the game. So I mean, I don't know why. I mean, why wouldn't he be there? He's in the in the AFC Championship game again. He's not in there. the second year. Hey, I hear you. Right. I hear you. But he's not there. Okay. Landfill, you have a chance. This is like Family Feud. You can steal all the points. Um, Dan Campbell. And oh. incorrect. Make your case. Uh, he's. I think he's a good coach. I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot going on with that team, and they keep um, performing pretty well. They stay in games. They're beating expectations. By the way, back to Zach Taylor. He sucks. Uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are good. That's my that's my. They argument. play good defense. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about it. They don't have a lot of high priced guys. They ran the snot out of the football. They don't have the a lot of high priced guys because Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are on rookie contracts. To to your point about Dan Campbell, that team plays hard. They have adopted his philosophies. Blue collar work, I think. And they went from three and thirteen to nine and eight. Yeah. I, I think. I think them not getting in the playoffs is probably why he's not on there. Doug Peterson. The Jacksonville situation may have been worse, but I think they had more talent and than the Lions did, and Peterson is a really good coach too. Peterson deserves to be on there, but you can make a real case for Dan Campbell. Now, I'm going to please Landfill for once. Jeff Walker has a chance to steal the contest here if he can name the fifth Coach of the Year finalist. I don't believe he can. You're not allowed to cheat. Nope. You can look at your Instagram reels, but you're not allowed to look it up. We're going to find out when we return. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Shout out to my guy, Jake Baldus Greer. We're going to get up, Jake. I promise. All right. We are we have a contest going. The way is clear. NFL announced its Coach of the Year finalists. They announced five of them. Then apparently they announced three of them as the super finalists, I guess. Ooh. But we're trying to figure out the five. Right now, we've named four of them. Brian Dayball, New York Giants, Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars, Nick Sirianni, Philadelphia Eagles, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers. The fifth remains a mystery. Let, let's. I want to try here. B-Mitch got Dayball. Landfill got Doug Peterson. B-Mitch got Sirianni. And then Jeff got Kyle Shanahan. Is that right? All right, so B has two. Jeff has one. Landfill has one. Jeff has a chance to win the game here. 
some of the incorrect answers, which I think were fair. Uh, Landville said Mike Tomlin. Beamish said Zach Taylor. Uh, Jeff Walker said, who was your first one that was wrong? The Jets coach. Yeah, that was a little bit that, wacky. That was a little I, wacky. I ain't going to lie. That was just a uh, – I didn't know so because my first two choices was taken, so I just threw a team out there. Panic pick? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what you that was. That's how you landed with Josh winning. Doxson in the first throw round. Te- throw out a team that was winning, though. I think they went 9-8, and eight, but they didn't get Not it in winning the playoffs. Enough. Right. Um, all right, Jeffrey. How Jeffrey. Would, how big of an opportunity is this for you? Life-changing? Yeah, this is life changing to to oh. stump JP, B Mitch, and how you gonna stump JP? He's a he's a well. I'm the I'm the, I'm the MC I mean, here. The also, hell? the Jets went he, seven and ten. He against me. That's regardless. what I mean. Winning. <laughs> he picked the losing. Even team. Heather McDonough wouldn't say Robert Sala deserved Coach of the Year. <laughs> um, all right, Jeff. Big opportunity, Bell. I'm stuck right now between three people. You had the entire commercial break to think about, this. and I've been stuck between these three people. Well, you only get to say one. Um. Um, <laughs> Landfill, you can start a <laughs> clock on him. All right, here's what I'm going to count down from 10. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, uh, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. I just told you Andy Reid never gets it. I, Bro, I was about to say, I couldn't think of his name, the coach for the, the Dolphins. That's who I was going to give it to. He's not getting it either. I'm not going to comment on your second one because you didn't name him. You named Andy Reid, and that is incorrect, Jeff. Okay. Brian, it's back to you. Okay, I was thinking this person wouldn't, but I would guess since the other people that I said didn't get there, I have to go to Buffalo with McDermott. Ding, 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 ding. No, he got it. <laughs> Landfill, haters. Landfill gave you a false whomping. That's no. That's not. Bunch of good. haters right there. Um, congrats. I, I was thinking. Bimich wins the contest. I was thinking you get so much love from Josh, so much love for Steph and all those people that, and then their defense they had gotten uh, um, Vaughn uh, earlier. Yeah, his name Vaughn, right? Vaughn Miller. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. They got him earlier, so that that team was one of the teams that people expected to be in the, in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, so the, I, I wouldn't see. I was thinking that they would be treating him like they were treating Andy. The Bills went 13-3. and three. Yes. So, it's hard to knock that. Um, but they also, to me, I think improvement is important. And they went 11-6 and six last year. So, they improved, but it wasn't like they took this huge jump. I could see Zach Taylor. Um, Andy lost a sports car. Yeah, he lost and brought in another car. He lost seven one of the best receivers in the yeah. NFL. And you say, okay, this dude looks exactly like the guy they got rid of. I think I think you could certainly make the case for Andy Reid to be a finalist. Um, I think I think you could have made the case for Kevin O'Connell if you wanted to. I mean, the Vikings went thirteen and four and were really good in in late late situations. I. Think they were kind of proven to be a fraud once we got. But to the I think I think that team didn't get it because they were just easing by with wins. Yeah, compared to the other squads, one team in the NFL won 14 games. That was the Chiefs. I think you could have made a fair case for their coach. I, I think I've also seen. So what has happened? The five, the the other one that I, that I really stands out to me that should have been nominated. I think is Pete Carroll. Everybody thought yeah, he was I crazy for trading well. Russ Wilson. He, he stuck with Geno. People thought he was crazy to not try to get somebody else. Stuck with Geno. Geno was really good. 
ran the hell out of the ball, played good defense. I, I thought Pete Carroll certainly. I wonder if Carroll has won it. It's similar to Andy. I'm sure Andy's won it at some point, but I'm sure. some of these really good coaches that have done it a long time, maybe they just kind of get looked over. So five coaches were nominated, I suppose. Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McDermott. Um, in the time since, the Associated Press has narrowed it down to three. Brian Dable, Kyle Shanahan, and Doug Peterson. So your boy Sirianni Landfill, he's out. Do they? But yeah, you know, I really think that people are fooled by thinking that when you have a team that has a lot of just because you got good players, you ought to make them assume that's an easy job. That's harder. You got a bunch of superstars that got their own ways, and they all want to be touch the ball. So you're talking about Kyle? I'm talking about just like Kyle and also Sirianni. When you have teams like that, man, people think like. When you got teams and you have a little less talent, it's easy to get them motivated. Guys that already know that what they're about, they're like they're trying to tell you how to run your damn team. Well, and the Niners had a ton of injuries. I mean, even beyond quarterback, Debo missed half the season. Trent Williams missed a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. I if if you have to pick be between Dable, Shanahan, and Peterson, who are you picking? Dable, Shanahan, Peterson. I'll go with uh, I would go with Dable. He walked into a situation where we thought he didn't have a chance in hell. At the beginning of the season, we all put them to be fourth in the, uh, in the NFC East. And that team got in the playoffs, won a game, and then they got they got whipped, but they got in the playoffs and won a game. I don't think anybody expected that. But I thought the 49ers would be out there. I thought that you would have um, – I, 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 Peter said I didn't think that they would be great. For me, it's Dable because if you're just looking at talent, the Jags had a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and and he deserves a lot of credit. You got Trevor Lawrence playing much better. I love Etienne as a runner. You signed Brandon Sheriff. Um, he just couldn't catch when he played. Here. Overall, number one, I'm blanking on his name. The kid from Georgia came on for them. They got some talent in Jacksonville. He was yeah, able to do. he was able to turn it around. But I don't think they were as bad as they looked last year. I think that was a byproduct of Urban Meyer. All right. 100%. And then Shanny, Kyle Shanahan deserves a ton of credit, a ton of credit. But they are also loaded out there. Now, a lot of that, a lot of well, their, See, that's what I mean right uh, there. You have to be able to still manage all of those damn egos, I, man, which is tough. Yo, and he deserves so yes. much credit. But Dable got to the divisional round without much talent. Yeah. And turned it around first year and got and made an offense that worked for Daniel Jones. So everybody's deserving but I do think Dayball is the mo- is should win this thing. I can go with that. All right. When we return, let's talk about MVP finalists and unsung heroes. Ben White joins us at 12:30.